This is Brain Diet, episode 156, nine things I wish I would have known when I first started my fitness journey. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast, which I happen to be recording on Valentine's. Today is Valentine's Day. Happy Love Day. And it's been a great day so far. My husband is very sweet and very thoughtful and gave me a card that he colored and it was just so darling and he wrote on there things that he loves about me which is so sweet and again thoughtful and one of the things was you're a really great dancer and then he just like crossed it out very violently because if you know me I am in fact a terrible dancer there are many things in my life that I am good at some I would even say exceptional at. Dancing is not one of them. And so my husband likes to point that out <laughs> and remind me of it. <laughs> anyway, no, it was very sweet and it made me laugh because I just am so terrible and it's very entertaining. And I love that he wrote that in there. So happy belated love day to all of you, wherever you might be. Today's topic is a follow-up to last week's episode. If you listened to last week's episode, I shared things that I wish I would have known when I was first diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. And this week I am sharing with you things I wish I would have known when I first started my fitness journey. And what I love about doing things like this, reflecting back and saying, okay, what have I learned that would have really been valuable at that point in my life is it's constantly growing and evolving. There are so many things that I've learned now that I look back and I'm like, okay, this is what I wish I would have known. And I am sure there are going to be many, many more things I will learn that I'll be like, man, I wish I knew that on Valentine's Day, 2023, that would have been awesome. And honestly, it's a very joyous part of life to me to learn, to learn new things and to grow and to change and to change my mind on a lot of things. And I am doing, I'm actually doing two different nutrition certification courses right now. And it's been really fun for me to get back into more of like my academic mindset. I always loved school. I thrived and I love to read. I love science. I love studying. And obviously I love fitness and nutrition. And so I'm doing these two courses that I'm so excited about. And it's been really fun to dive back into academia and to study and to refresh on some things that I already knew and then to consider different perspectives and to just add on what I know. And like I said, to change my mind on a lot of different things. I think that anyone who has the same opinions, the same approaches to life, forever likely isn't learning. I think that people who learn will have to change their mind because we're always at some point because we're always learning new things. And I think it's a really beautiful part of life to be able to learn and just create your own landscape of a mental picture of what you want to learn about. 
isn't that great that we can learn things that we can read? My son's in kindergarten and I'm like, man, you are learning to read. And this is opening up a world that is so exciting. Anyway, so I have nine things on this list that if I could go back to myself when I first went to a gym, when I first did a bench press, these would be things that I would tell myself. Now, whether or not they would be received and useful, I mean, who's to say, of course, everything in retrospect is always different and with time generally comes wisdom. But these are things that I have learned that have been very valuable in my fitness journey. So number one, and I purposely put this as number one, is no matter what your body looks like, no matter what your goals are, no matter the physical appearance of all things, you must work on your relationships first. I think of myself as a young teenager who at a time was looking to be healthy and trying to figure out myself and my body and what I liked and what type of exercises appealed to me. And I began that fitness journey as a young teenager. And the teenage mind is vulnerable and malleable. And I look at myself at that point in time and can see how I did this. And I think a lot of young people do this. They look to physical changes, to weight loss, to fat loss in order to solve problems. They look to losing weight as a solution to something they might be struggling with. So, oh, I don't like myself as much. Maybe I should lose weight. Oh, I am not getting enough dates. People aren't asking me out. Maybe I should change the way that I look so that I can, you know, get more of these things. And it makes sense that we do this because I don't know that we're taught otherwise. And so this is why I have this as the very first thing that no matter where you are in a fitness journey, this comes first. You must work on your relationships first. And what I mean by this is first your relationship with food. If you use it as a coping mechanism, if you have maybe obsessive patterns around it, if you are afraid of it, if you feel guilty about it, if there is negative emotion associated with food, then that needs to be paid attention well before you implement weight loss efforts. Now, I think you can do some of these things in tandem, of course, but this has to come first. This has to be prioritized. This relationship with food and how you feel towards it, because if you have a lot of that negative emotion, it will cause problems for you later. Second, your relationship with your body. Again, if you are looking at your body and thinking something about this is unacceptable, thus to solve for that, I am going to change it in this way. Whether or not your body is acceptable is a very subjective idea that's based on other people's opinions and has nothing to do with its true acceptability. It's just other people have preferences for whether or not they like the way that you look, just like they have preferences for different foods to eat. It means nothing about you and everything about them. And so if you have negative or punishing feeling towards your body, feelings towards your body, and perhaps you lack self-confidence or security in yourself in some way, and you go to weight loss to solve for these things or fitness to solve for these things, you are going external 
to solve for an internal problem. And it's something that no matter how much you change your body, those patterns will likely still remain in your mind. And so if you have negative body image or poor feelings towards yourself, weight loss isn't necessarily going to fix it. Or if it does, it is most likely because you're still basing your acceptance or your lovability on how other people are responding to you. And the third relationship to pay attention to that needs love and care before starting a finished journey is your relationship with hunger. Some of us panic when we feel hungry. Some of us believe it needs to be solved immediately. Some of us have negative reactions to feeling hungry. And if this is the case, then it can prevent us from just understanding what's happening in our body and moving forward with a goal in a way that is healthy and sustainable long term. So hunger is one that we have to learn to develop an opinion about that isn't harmful, that isn't negative. And as you can tell, all of this is just mentality around it. If you have a negative mentality, negative emotion around food, that needs to be prioritized. If you have negative emotion, negative uh, mentality mindset around your body that needs to be paid attention to if you have negative associations with hunger then that needs to be healed all of that needs to be solidly in place in order to really go on a finished journey that is sustainable and is enjoyable I think more than anything so that is the first thing that I would go back and tell myself that those things matter more and the way to work through those things is with a coach or with a therapist. I think that I just didn't know what mental health was and I didn't know how to prioritize it. But, you know, 10-ish, 12-ish years ago, it's like I, it just wasn't the climate that people were talking about it as much. And so I think most people, especially teenagers, it's just not something that they think to take care of and to pay attention to. So that's the first thing that I would share with myself as I began my fitness journey. The rest of these things are more science related, more just like, let's just cut through the crap because there is so much nonsense in the world about fitness and nutrition that again, as a young and vulnerable mind, I would see these things. I would see these things on Pinterest or Google, just ads in passing or on magazines at the grocery store. And I didn't have the ability to think critically to question these things, nor did I have the knowledge. And so a lot of these things relate to that, to clearing up some of the things that I once might have believed that now, obviously, I don't. So thing number two after the relationships tip is there is no such thing as fattening foods. Did you know this? You can gain body fat by eating pastries and cupcakes, you could also gain body fat by eating a salad with vegetables and protein and spinach. What matters is the energy balance. Your weight is going to be determined by the quantity of calories. Quantity of calories is what manipulates weight. If you are eating at a maintenance level, meaning the amount of calories that your body burns in a day plus the calories that you burn from exercise. If you're eating that amount of calories, you'll stay roughly the same. And again, this is pretty simplified, but the message is the same. If you're eating a little bit more than that, no matter where the food is coming from, even if it's spinach, you could gain body fat from eating spinach. Do you know this? 
because what matters is the amount of calories, the math of it. Now, as the tag to this tip, there is no such thing as fattening foods. There are just foods with calories in them, and the total calorie amount is what's going to influence your weight. So quantity of calories matter, matters, but then the quality of the calories is what can manipulate body composition. So there is the idea of the calories in, calories out, and to a degree, yes, that is true. It's going to manipulate your weight, but the composition shifts, meaning if you are trying to lose only fat, potentially gain muscle, if you're trying to keep and retain muscle while losing fat or something along those lines, then the quality of the calories is going to matter, meaning the sources that you are consuming, the amount of protein that you are consuming or not consuming. These things influence what a body looks like. Thing number three that I wish I would have known, and I think I learned pretty quickly, is lifting weights does not make you bulky. And I remember, I remember vividly being in the gym for the first time. I was, I had gone with my boyfriend at the time and he was so nice and like showing me how to lift weights essentially for the first time. And I remember saying, I don't want to get bulky. And it makes me laugh that I had received enough messaging at that point as a young, you know, 16 year old girl to believe that lifting weights makes you bulky. Like it just was so funny for me to look back and reflect on that. But lifting weights does not make you bulky. So in order to gain muscle, you need consistent stimuli, meaning you need consistent training and resistance, and you need the calories to fuel it over time. Muscle is not something that you can build by accident uh, naturally, right? Not without the influence of like drugs and steroids and things like that. But building muscle is not something that happens by accident. It requires time, consistency, strategic programming, and calories. To build muscle is a very metabolically expensive process. It costs a lot of calories. It requires a lot of calories. And so just by lifting weights, it doesn't automatically make you bulky. It's actually very difficult. I mean, it's difficult as a relative uh, relative term, but lifting weights is not something that is going to immediately put bulk on your body. It's something that is useful for most of the population, especially women. And it's not something that will just happen by accident that you get bulky if you lift weights. So highly recommend lifting weights for all people, especially women. And I think this is an idea that's perpetuated kind of coming out of the 90s with like aerobicize and all of the kind of dance cardio type of classes and things along those lines is women think like, oh, this is most optimal for a female body. And cardio is great, but actually lifting weights is going to be just as important, if not more important for a body to have the health that you want. The next thing that I wish I would have known, and this took me a little bit longer to learn, is that body recomposition takes time and patience. Time and patience are two of the most underrated skills when it comes to health and fitness. I think, again, because of how we are cultured and the messages that we get, we assume that weight loss efforts or creating the body of our dreams should be a relatively short-term process. 
there are a lot of programs in the world that are 12 week programs or eight week programs. And I'm not dissing on those programs. I'm sure there's a lot of value in many of them. In fact, I've utilized a lot of programs like that, but it's important to manage your expectations appropriately. And instead of looking at what can I accomplish in 10 weeks, look more at what do I want to accomplish in 10 years? And just that perspective shift for me has really changed the way that I approach nutrition and exercise because I give myself the time and the space for my body to do what I want it to do in a way that's healthy and enjoyable and sustainable. And I get to do things that I enjoy doing when it comes to exercise and eating foods and all the things. Not to mention the fact that when it comes to building muscle, that is something that really truly just takes time. And so the process of building muscle and then potentially going into a deficit to lose some body fat to reveal that muscle, that's kind of the look that many women are going for. It just takes time. And it's something that the more patient you can be, the better results you will get. Always. The next tip that I would have shared with myself is that the basics are best for health and appearance. So again, there's a lot of noise about very extreme habits, very extreme behaviors, cleanses, and you know, short sprints of things that are best for health and weight loss. And in the long run, there's no secret sauce that's overcomplicated. I guess there kind of is a secret sauce, but it's not really secret and it's easy. <laughs> it's things like sleep, proper sleep hygiene. That's one the last year I've talked about it on the podcast. I've really prioritized and it's been awesome. I feel like my kids are finally sleeping, so I'm able to do that. Thank you, children. But that makes a huge difference. Having good sleep hygiene and prioritizing it um, in every way that you can. Adequate hydration, drinking enough water, managing stress. And that's going to mean through behaviors and also through therapeutic endeavors, meeting with a coach and taking care of your mind. Eating whole foods mostly. Again, there are no foods to demonize here, but just saying generally protein, lots of vegetables, lots of fruits, some good beans and grains and carbs and all the things, some good fats from a variety of different sources. That's kind of it. It's one of the best ways to approach health and nutrition is just that basic idea of just whole foods mostly. Now, I have the word mostly in there with a lot of deliberation because I think that when you get into the realm of total elimination or, you know, extreme I can, I can't types of foods, that's when you have to come back to relationship, your relationship with food. How are you feeling towards food? What are you using it for? Because then when you can clean all of that up, I think you can really beautifully incorporate any foods into your life and not have them be a problem. I can incorporate red velvet cupcakes and a red velvet cookie that I'm going to have tonight after Valentine's dinner. And it's not going to cause a problem in my health and fitness goals. It's not going to cause a problem in my emotional state. But that's because I've done so much work on my relationships with food, with my body, with hunger. Lifting weights regularly, again, a basic that is powerful. Walking, sun exposure, fresh air. These things are going to take you way further in your health than a buckle down six week program where you, you know, cleanse or eliminate all these foods and hope to shed 15 pounds or something that's just ridiculous, right? 
not best for health, nor are they best for your long-term appearance. The basics are best. The next thing I would share with myself is that a person's appearance is not an indication of their knowledge. This was something that I think I fell into again, just as a young teenager and kind of going into college is I had started getting on Pinterest and pinning workouts and pinning recipes and all the things. And you would see people that looked a certain way that were touting certain workouts or certain dietary approaches. And there is something called the swimmer's body illusion. And it's the idea that, let's see, I got to make sure I say this correctly. A person doesn't swim to get the body that they have. They have the body that they have. And so they decide to swim. Like someone doesn't get a swimmer's body from swimming necessarily. Usually they have a certain body type that is well suited to swimming. (laughs) Did I butcher that? I might have. But essentially that just means that a lot of the people in certain sports, it's not that they got their body from the sport, it's likely that they're doing the sport because of the body type that they have. Genetics play a huge role in how your body looks. So don't trust someone just because they look a certain way. I have, again, mentioned this before, but I go back on my Pinterest and look at like a a picture of a woman with a workout next to it. And it's like how to snatch your waist you know, with like certain crunches and sit-ups and whatevers. And it's really just not quite that simple. And it's likely that they didn't get the waist that they have from doing that workout, that they had a waist that led them to start talking about those things. And unfortunately, people just trust that. And it requires some critical thinking skills to be able to, and some knowledge to be able to navigate those types of claims. Social media is rampant with stuff like that that just makes me shake my head. But snatching a waist is not something that can happen just by doing sit-ups and crunches. It's something that has to be, it's affected by calories, how much you're eating, right? How large or small your waist is has everything to do with what you are eating and some to do with how you're moving, but it's a lot more nuanced than that. So if you see those basic, just like this is how to get a snatched waist, or this is how to get that booty or glutes, or I don't know, whatever it is, it might not be that simple. And there's likely many more components that need to be in place in order for that workout or that meal plan to give you the result that you want. The next thing that I would tell myself is that a person's appearance is also not an indication of their happiness level. I was a model. I began modeling early in high school and I did it over the years to varying degrees. And I had traveled to LA and I have, you know, been around the block, if you will, in that world. And it was really fascinating to be around people that were considered by all societal standards as the most beautiful who were in fact miserable for a variety of reasons. And so when when you are looking at someone and assuming that they're happier or more confident because they look a certain way, that's I think where many of us are misinformed. Happiness and confidence, these are skills. These are mental skills that you develop with how you talk to yourself 
every second of every day. It has nothing to do with how you look. How you look is just neutral data and information. You're just a body made up of parts. But how you feel is determined by how you are thinking. And so it is a skill that you have to work on because you're talking to yourself mentally every second of every day. The next thing that I would tell myself is that your body is hard to mess up. And here's what I mean by this. One meal, one day, one vacation, it's not going to mess up your body. Our bodies are so much more resilient than we give them credit for. And so we can't obsess over these singular moments. I do think there are times where we can learn from these singular moments and maybe check in with ourselves and work on our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with our body, our relationship with food. But in the long run, your body is way more resilient than a meal, than one day of eating, than one vacation. Like it's pretty hard to totally screw up your body. And so give yourself the bo- your body the credit that it deserves in that it's strong and incredibly resilient and has probably done a lot of hard things. And so you're not going to mess it up with one little thing. And even if you overeat, even if you gain weight, even if something happens that in your mind is a negative thing, it doesn't mean that you have messed up. It just means you've made some decisions that have led to a result. And with the right knowledge, you can manipulate that. And when you have the foundation of those good relationships, then the sky's the limit. I have learned to give my body so much more credit and to believe in it way more because after going through, you know, the diagnosis of an autoimmune disease and doing the chemotherapy infusions and just seeing people in a, just a spectrum of circumstances, bodies are awesome and they do incredible things. Like I look at You know, when I'm sitting in that infusion center and I look at that big bag of medication that they're just like dripping into my system and it is just a big old hammer on my immune system. It is knocking out so, so many important cells in my body. And yet I can still get up and walk out of there and I can still function. I can still move. I can still think. And, you know, it's hard and I have to really give myself space to like be sick after those infusions. But Come on, my bodies are so cool. And so it's important to give your body credit instead of sweating the small stuff. I have adopted the thought, my body knows exactly what to do, always. Even when I'm sick, even when my own immune system is attacking me, my body still knows what to do. And believing that really releases a lot of the pressure that I might otherwise put on myself, especially after you know a certain meal or a certain vacation or something along those lines. The last and final tip that I will share with you that is something I wish I would have known at the beginning of my fitness journey is that you don't have to like certain parts of your body, but you must understand that they have nothing to do with who you are. Your body is just anatomical parts. It isn't good or bad. And there might be parts of that body that you don't like, and that's okay. I think that we all have that to a degree and there's nothing wrong with that. But the important thing to remember is that these body parts that you might not like have nothing to do with who you are as a person. That you didn't create you. You aren't responsible for that. So thus, you have infinite worth. You cannot be damaged. Who you are is not something that anyone else can touch. 
because you aren't responsible for creating you. You can't take ownership over that. So whatever your body may look like, if there are parts that you don't love, that's okay. There might be some space to work on your own self-acceptance and self-love, but even if you still have those parts that you don't love, it's okay. But remember, they have nothing to do with who you are. Those are all of the things. Well, those are all the things I came up with as I was writing these notes. There are probably 10 million more that I would uh, share if I had the time. (laughs) But those are the main things that came to mind. And I kind of like doing it that way of just kind of brain dumping really quickly. What are the things that stick out is the biggest lessons that I have learned over the last decade plus. And these are the ones that I've shared with you today. So I hope you've learned something. And I hope that you can also reflect on what you might have told yourself 10 years ago and how you can continue to apply the things that you have learned. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. That's all I have for you. And I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.